It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday. I hope this Monday finds you well. We have lots to get to in the Jeff's Junk Mail episode. Lots of questions, lots of ideas to pick at here. We're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff here in just a minute, looking at some off-season trade ideas, big picture thoughts like what is up with rebuilding? We're going to get to all of that here in just a minute. Yeah, I know. I just said the R word in the first minute of the podcast, and that sucks. Sorry. But that's kind of where we are talking about some of this stuff that's rumored. But before we get into all of that, I saw this interesting piece on Bleacher Report, and it was talking about some ideas, some at least reported, rumored, all that good stuff. Things that were being floated around by teams. It was written by Zachary Reimer on Bleacher Report talking about some trade ideas that were at least rumored, at least thoughts, not not complete and total, very, very close to happening ideas. But at the same time, they also weren't pipe dreams either. They were things that were actually talked about. The Reds were involved in two of these. The first one was trading Sonny Gray. Of course, that's all we've heard about for the last couple of weeks, and I still don't get it. I don't understand if they're looking to contend in 2021 what sense it makes to trade Sonny Gray because every rumor that we hear about involves him being traded for prospects. 
And that's no different in this one. In fact, it also has the Reds throwing in Aristides Aquino and trading both of them to the Minnesota Twins for their 21-year-old shortstop, Royce Lewis. Now, before you get a little bit too crazy mad at this idea, Royce Lewis is a 21-year-old number 16 prospect in all of Major League Baseball. So people really like this guy. I don't know. That still seems kind of steep to me. Not really sure why the Reds would only get one player back if they're trading Sonny Gray and somebody else. Like, I, I, I don't like that deal. But there was another one, an alternative to instead of trading Sonny Gray, they go all in. With this trade in 2021, they trade for Carlos Correa. From the Astros. Now, he is in an expiring contract. His last year of arbitration, he's a free agent after this coming season. However, unlike Francisco Lindor, he's not going to make $20 million. He is reported, at least according to MLB trade rumors, to make slightly over $10 million. That's like right there in the range of Marcus Simeon and a little bit under Didi Gregorius. And I think I'd almost put Carlos Correa uh, above those guys. Now, his durability isn't quite as great as Marcus Simeon or Didi. But on the same token, I think that his talent speaks for itself. And that would be an interesting trade idea. Here's the thing. Bleacher Report said that the Reds would possibly be sending Nick Senzel and TJ Anto. That's right. Nick Senzel and TJ Anto. So not only do they get rid of Nick Senzel which I think some of us have debated for the last couple of seasons. Is he more valuable as a trade chip or is he more valuable on the team? And then they would also get rid of a potential rotation guy. I'm not sure about that. that that's an interesting deal because then that definitely thins out the rotation depth. It fills shortstop, but it only does it for one year, not two. So I'd be interested to see exactly what your thoughts are. Let me know on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. And speaking of that, let's get to some of that right now. I'm going to start off with our buddy Scott at MTG Packwells on Twitter. He had a great question, and, and, and this is something that I could spend many podcasts talking about. This isn't even just a segment thing that I could do. I could talk about this for a long time. He says this, I have a question. When franchises say they are, quote, rebuilding, what are they rebuilding to? If the Reds are rebuilding to a World Series championship team, then should that rebuild take 30 years? What about teams like the Bengals who have never won? What are they, quote, rebuilding to? It's time for us fans to stop accepting this term when it's been more than a decade since the title. And that's true. There's a lot of semantics involved in the term rebuilding. The Reds have been rebuilding since I've been alive. I mean, the, the last time they won a playoff series, I was barely old enough to remember it. I was only six. So I, I, I just think that he's, Scott, you have a totally valid point. I don't think it should be called rebuilding. It should just be called building. <laughs> the Reds are building to, to, to a championship. They're the Bengals which you can check out the Locked On Bengals podcast for more about this, but they're building. They've been building for a very long time. When you talk about rebuilding, and I think that it's not really something that was such a widely used term until the Cubs and teams like the Astros 
in the last decade have really popularized it by the way that they did it, by trading everybody all at once, going all in on their prospects, bringing up their prospects and showcasing them, and then finding that right period to fill in the holes, fill in the gaps in their team with free agents and trade acquisitions. I think that they did a very fantastic job of it. The problem is it doesn't work for every team. And not every team is ran by the same people that run the Astros and the Cubs, i.e. our wonderful Cincinnati Reds, because our rebuild has sucked. It has been absolutely terrible. They did not dismantle the team all at once. They did it very slowly over the course of a couple of years, and they waited till all of their trade chips were past the highest point of their value to trade them. And then they turned around and they didn't really do a good job of developing So then came 2019 when they're like, all right, well, you need to start winning. So they had to build through trades and they had to build through the free agent market. And as they've told us before, many, many times, and as we are beginning to hear once again this offseason, they're a small market team and spending money not necessarily one of the favorite things that they like to do. And so here we are, we're cutting payroll, we're repurposing money for this or that, or trying to move around some funds, and us fans are left in a lurch like, what is the plan? In fact, Paul Doherty has a good article on the Inquirer, basically a long question. The column was a long question, a long um, letter to the Reds, if you will, not letter to the editor, because he's not writing to the paper, he's writing to the Reds, but a letter to the Reds saying, uh, hey, what's the plan? Because it's really hard to tell. You spent all this money, and now you're cutting all this money. Are you going to spend more money? Are we going to stick here? What, what, what's going on? And it's a valid question, and it's a question that I have. I'm sure it's a question that you have. And it's a question from this unnamed source on the Locked On Reds line. It was a text message that said, Could it be that the Reds are freeing up payroll to take advantage of the other team's dumping players on the market so we can pick up some better players at a discount? By the way, Iglesias needed to go. Thank you, unnamed person. I appreciate the text. I kind of agree with you. I think it was time for a change of scenery for Iglesias. It's just the timing of everything that really caused everyone's frustration. And as far as freeing up payroll to take advantage of the other teams, dumping their players and trying to get them at a discount, I can kind of get behind that. But I think that you would do that in tandem with a move like that. Like the Reds would have announced a signing of somebody. They would have said, hey, we just got Marcus Simeon, so we sent Rice Iglesias to the Angels. Or we just picked up a starter or another good reliever, and that's why we cut $12 million of payroll during the non-tender deadline. Things like that. Baseball is not a capped sport. It's not like the NFL or the NBA where teams have to get rid of payroll so that they have payroll to give to other players. The Reds can easily make those moves in tandem. They don't have to free up space in the wallet before they go out and shop again. So I don't know exactly why they had to do it in this fashion where they get rid of people and there's a, there's been kind of a lull. And maybe it's just me because I'm in a Reds bubble where everything that I look at and everything that I read about and everything that I'm thinking about has to do with our Cincinnati Reds. So it, it feels like a very long time for me. But it just feels like they have made these moves of cutting payroll and they've and there's all these rumors about them working hard, quote unquote, to trade Sonny Gray, and there's no 
not at least not very concrete rumors. There there are thoughts. There there are reports out there. Some people speculating that they could go sign this shortstop or they could go make this trade or something like this for this shortstop. But all in all, everything's been about cutting, getting rid of, getting worse, taking a step back. And that is where the question is coming from. That's that's where we all are a little bit worried. Coming up, I got a uh, interesting opinion about the Reds rebuilding and David Bell and a look at a wacky trade idea that actually is a little bit intriguing. We're going to get into all of that here in just a minute, but right now is time to open a Built Bar. I'm telling you what, Built Bar is an amazing snack. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, a snack that won't feel make you feel like you just ate a bunch of junk because it is very healthy for you. Four grams of sugar, four grams of fat, 16, 17 grams of protein, depending on what flavor you get. And they've got all kinds of amazing flavors. My favorite is Cherry Barcia. You've got the amazingness of the cherry mixed with the chocolate, and it just works in the Built Bar. They've also got amazing flavors like cookies and cream. They've got chocolate, peanut butter, all the fruit flavors you can think of. And it's not confirmed, it's neither confirmed nor denied, that it will improve your mood when you eat a Built Bar. Check them out at BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. That's all the amazing flavors. And you've got even better products as well, like Built Go, which is an energy supplement that you can use when you're working out. So check them out, BuiltBar.com, and enter the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. You can trust me when I'm telling you about food, and Built Bar is a great snack great in-between meal kind of snack for a guy like me, or if maybe you're a little bit smaller and you're looking to replace a meal, I've heard that they're pretty good about that too. Now, I, I can't vouch for that because I like to eat a lot, but Built Bar is an amazing snack. Check them out, BuiltBar.com, and the promo code locked on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcast all this week. Plus, waiver wire editions from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning into the preview of the Locked On Pacers. That podcast is amazing and the Pacers are awesome too. Check out your favorite team in the Locked On NBA podcast and subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts like this one. Make sure that you're also subscribed to the Locked On Reds podcast. Okay, let's jump back in to the questions. Uh, I want to start off with this. This is from our buddy Josh in Tennessee. It's kind of a funny take. It says, the upside to a fire sale right now would be that hopefully David Bell will be let go sometime during or at the end of the 2021 season. He has no business managing and the ends would justify the means if it means him being shown the door in my opinion. Thanks, Josh. Well, that's harsh. 
Don't really like David Bell. I, I, I look. I, I, I'm on the fence about him. I, I'm not going to sit here and defend him because I think that he still has a lot of work to do to prove that he deserves a contract extension. But I don't necessarily think that he needs to be run out either. He is in the final year of his contract, so chances are, unless they are just god-awful and an embarrassment to baseball, the Reds are not going to fire David Bell. And I don't see it being that way. And and if they do have a fire sale, then I highly doubt that they're going to judge the win-loss record on David Bell. They're going to look at it and say, well, we're beginning you know, another period where we have cut down and we're trying to build up. And like Scott... Our buddy at MTG Packfoil says, I'm done calling it a rebuild because it, you had to have something originally to then rebuild too. They haven't had anything for a while, so it's just a building. Uh, but as far as David Bell goes, 2021 is important for him. He's probably looking at these moves like, come on, man. This was supposed to be my prove-it year. This is my contract year. I got to prove to you guys that I'm a good manager and that I deserve a contract extension. And now you're chopping out the roster from underneath me. So I wonder how this is going to continue to go. If it is a fire sale, I find it hard to believe that they would keep David Bell past this season because I think that he has had ample time to prove that he is the manager of the future for the Reds, and I don't necessarily know that he's done that. I thought that this would kind of be the year where he tips one way or the other as far as whether he deserves an extension or not. But if they are going to go full fire sale, I don't know how he would prove that because then you've got a young team, a team that has to figure out what it has, and you've got a manager that likes to tinker with the everyday lineup. That'll be an interesting dynamic. I can't necessarily say that I agree with you, Josh, but I understand where you're coming from because I don't necessarily think he's played to a contract extension as of right now all right this one's fun this one is a text this is our buddy kyle here in cincinnati ohio he says are you ready for the wackiest trade idea ever how about trading Sonny gray and a eugenio suarez to the houston astros for carlos correa jose orquitty and one of their top 10 prospects brian abreu Blockbuster that sheds payroll and gives the Reds a pretty darn good shortstop for 2021. Let's go. Kyle, I appreciate the thought. And it's interesting because I had read this after I saw the trade rumor of the Reds going after Carlos Correa with Nick Senzel and TJ Antone. Trading Sonny Gray and a Eugenio Suarez would signal that this is now a fire sale and they're getting rid of people and they're building up and kind of starting over the whole idea of, you know, going back to square one. So if they make this trade, that's what that says. But on the same token, bringing back Carlos Correa gives you a nice lineup because you would also still keep Nick Senzel, unlike the other trade idea. And you can slot Urquidy into the rotation because his first two years in the majors haven't been too terrible. We're not looking at a guy that is just bad. He's he's a little rough around the edges. His strikeout rate could be up, but all in all, he's been all right. His FIP for his career is 4.11. So that says that he's got some work to do, but he could slot in the back end of the rotation. And then you could give Brian Abreu a legitimate tryout. You could look at some other guys like TJ Antone, who you wouldn't have to deal in this situation. And maybe you could even move Nick Senzel to third base. I don't know. That would open up a lot of possibilities. Possibilities and it would be fun. 
I would hate to lose Suarez because looking at his contract and looking at Sonny Gray's contract, like they're not bad. It's not like the Reds are paying through the nose for these two guys, but it's like you said, with this deal, they would shed a lot of money. They uh, basically, well, okay, so I'm thinking this through on the fly. So Sonny Gray and Carlos Correa after arbitration would pretty much cancel each other out, right around $10 million for each player. So you're essentially getting rid of Suarez's contract for Urquidy, who's got you know a uh, kind of rookie minimum deal, and then also the minor league deal that Brian Abreu has. So yes, you would be saving some money, but again, it's not like tens of millions of dollars and it's a trade that, at least on the surface, it would depend a lot on how Urquidy pitched in 2021. But at least on the surface, it would be another big step back for the Reds overall, trading Sonny Gray for Carlos Correa, who is a very talented shortstop, but you would definitely weaken your pitching staff, which was your strength. You're, you're, you're essentially hoping that Carlos Correa writes the ship that is the lineup that kind of struggled a bit Okay, that's being, you know, nice uh, talking about the lineup that struggled a bit. It was pretty bad last year. And then also weakening the best part of your team. It would be consistent with what the Reds have done so far, though, in betting on Derek Johnson to help Urquidy take that next step, to help Brian Abreu develop. So I don't know. This this isn't that far-fetched of a deal. I know that you, you, you prefaced it with this is a wacky trade idea. Kyle, but it's actually not that crazy. I think it's only that crazy from us Reds fans who have Reds colored goggles on and are saying you're getting rid of Sonny Gray and a Eugenio Suarez. But when you look at the return coming back, if that were to be the case, it's not that bad of a deal. Ultimately, though, just thinking about all these different deals, these rumored trades and moving around this guy or sending this guy away and seeing what we can get back for them, it's kind of disheartening. And I mean, I don't necessarily mean like a a depressing way, but in a fan heart kind of way, like in my fan heart, which is quite a bit biased, I will admit, I am a very biased Reds fan. I, I, I think you understand that too, if you're listening to me, but on the other end of the spectrum, when I see these moves, it's disheartening because I thought these last two seasons, the Reds added, they brought in, they got rid of some guys that weren't helping them out and they brought in some guys that would. So I thought that they were going to continue, and not necessarily in the same way. I wasn't expecting the Reds to come into this offseason and spend another $160 million. I knew that that wasn't going to happen. But I thought that they could add a little bit, maybe a shortstop, maybe a pitcher, maybe a reliever, maybe something like that. Maybe they make one or two trades to move around some money, but it seems like they're doing lots of that. They're moving around lots of money, and they're not adding. And the bummer of it all is, is Joey Votto. We, we've talked about Joey Votto and his decline and how he is never going to be the Joey Votto of the past, a guy who should have won the MVP in 2017 during a year in which the Reds were a non-factor in the playoff conversation. That's how good he was. Some of you either selectively or just don't remember it, but he was amazing in 2017. And I thought back then, It's really a shame that the Reds aren't building around him. The Reds aren't trying to build contenders around them. Now, part of it was they had put themselves in the situation that they couldn't because they weren't developing their own guys. And they've always told us that they couldn't spend money on people. 
So then they try that for a couple of years. They spend money. They bring people in. So I'm thinking, okay, this is a signal of a change. The future is going to be different. But then they come into this offseason and they take a step back. And rumors are that they may continue to take steps back. And I hate that for Joey. That's one thing. That's the first question that I would ask him if I ever got a chance to get Joey here on the podcast is you have given your entire career to this franchise. You have loved Cincinnati. You have said openly that you love the city. You love playing for the Reds. You want to retire a Cincinnati Red. What do you make of the fact that they've taken a step back in a year where it felt like they were getting ready to take a step forward? Does that affect you at all? Does that attack your psyche as a baseball player that's given his entire career to one organization and for the most part really hasn't been a part of a winning culture, hasn't been a part of, and I hate that word, I'm not, oh, I said winning culture, no, no. Um, but you know, he hasn't been a part of a team that's been in the contending conversation for very long. Last year was lots of fun because they were able to sneak on in. They were able to have a crazy successful September and get into the playoffs. But there's not been that feeling. Like 2012, it felt like the Reds were just in the playoffs in the month of June. 2010 was lots of fun, but it felt for a couple of months at a time, you know, there at the end of the season, this is going to happen. They're going to win the division. They're going to be one of the best teams in the National League. Other than those two years, we really haven't had that. And I hate that for Joey, who's given his entire career to this organization and is now in the point of his career where when you look at superstars on other teams, whether it be the Yankees, whether it be you know the Mariners, like I think of Ichiro, or I think of guys like that, where at the end of their careers, or, or Ryan Zimmerman is a perfect example for the Nationals, I look at those guys and I say, they got to enjoy the twilight of their careers. Meanwhile, Joey Votto is still sitting here figuring out exactly how he has to get through each season playing on a team that is hoping to win more than 80 games. I I hate that for him. And you may not feel the same way. You may feel that Joey Votto is some kind of drain on this payroll and he's the reason that the Reds are bad and all this other stuff. But it's not like he forced them to give him the contract. The Reds gave him the contract. He just signed on the dotted line because... Wouldn't you? So why can't they help him? Why can't they be a better contending organization for their man that has given his career to the team? That's my question, and that's what I would ask Joey to start off the conversation, and maybe he would hang up the phone at that point. I don't know, but I think that it's something that is a valid thought process for Joey Votto. And I think that it's something that we should consider as well as Reds fans when we look at this team and we're like, what are you doing? What is the plan for this offseason? What's 2021 going to look like? Because right now, as optimistic as I am, there's still lots of questions that I have before I can make a final determination on my excitement level for the Reds contending possibilities. Now, tomorrow... I'm going to tell you exactly a couple of moves that would excite me, that would reignite the overly optimistic, biased passion that I have toward a Reds playoff appearance in 2021. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's episode. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. Make sure that you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast at. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. 
and say the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But that's going to do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play the Locked On MLB podcast, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.